Welcome back to another episode of Ramiumptum Ruminations. I'm the host, Scott. Today's episode is called The Difference Between Faith and Knowledge. Thank you for coming back to listen to another episode of the podcast. I apologize for not having an episode to release last week. I intended on having something ready, but with the Christmas holiday and the week after, my family and I were sick for a good portion of it. So I didn't get the chance to record anything and get anything ready. So I apologize for that. But we're back, we're healthy and happy. I am excited to start this new year, 2022, and get going with more episodes for you guys to listen to. Got a lot of things on my mind, as I said at the end of the previous episode. Lots of different subjects that I want to cover. And today, I'm going to cover a subject that a listener asked me about on YouTube. But before I get into that, I just want to do a little shameless (laughs) self-plug. If this podcast is something that you enjoy, the content is something that you think that you feel brings value to your life, please share it with your friends, your family. And if you are financially able to, I do have a donation box on my website. So if you go to the ramiumptumruminations.org website, there is on the side a spot for you to give a donation to the podcast. And I would greatly appreciate anything that you guys can contribute. That's enough for the shameless self-plug. Let's jump into this. I received a comment on a recent video. I believe it was the one where I was discussing, discussing the demarcation problem of truth claims. A commenter had an excellent question about some of my word choice in the episode, and I thought it would be a great jumping off point for a discussion today. So here is what this commenter said. I really enjoy your podcast. In this episode, you often use the phrase, choose to believe. Can you talk more about that? I hear it in so many places, but I can't wrap my head around it. The simplest example I can give is Santa Claus. Once you gain the knowledge that he's not an actual magical flying magical figure flying around the world with toys, you can choose to enjoy the myth, decorate with his face, give gifts to your kids in his name, but you can never actually believe in him again. I'm a lifelong TBM, now slightly more nuanced, and the admonition to choose to believe brings such angst. As I've encountered some things, I just can't believe anymore. I choose to remain open to learning more in these areas, but I don't think belief will come without significant new understanding. Is belief as a choice even possible? How is it accomplished? Thank you for any additional thoughts. I think this is such an awesome question. I'm going to answer that by discussing 
the difference between knowledge and faith. So that is, that is the subject of our discussion today, knowledge and faith. From my perspective, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints presents faith, but it uses it in a way that I don't think really defines what faith is. Let me explain what I mean. And to do that, I'm going to read a children's hymn from the children's songbook. And I think it illustrates the point maybe better than what I'm saying right now. This is the song Faith, and it was uh, the written by Beatrice Jackson. It's in the children's hymn book. I, I don't know the exact page. Oh, 96, it looks like. And here, here are the lyrics. And, and pay attention to the way the word faith is used in this. As you're listening, just think about what they mean by faith. And then we'll all talk about what I'm trying to illustrate afterwards. So the first verse says, Faith is knowing the sun will rise, lighting each new day. Faith is knowing the Lord will hear my prayers each time I pray. Faith is like a little seed. If planted, it will grow. Faith is a swelling within my heart. When I do right, I know. And verse 2 says, Faith is knowing I lived with God before my mortal birth. Faith is knowing I can return when my life ends on earth. Faith is trust in God above, in Christ who showed the way. Faith is strengthened, I feel it grow, whenever I obey. My first thought on this is, this illustrates a lot of the way that religions in general, but specifically the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uses the word faith in a way that conflates it with the word knowledge. It's right there a couple of times where it's faith is knowing, faith is knowing is what it says. But I don't think that that's an accurate depiction or an accurate way to describe what faith is. Because faith is not knowing. So there are a couple of ways that we can define faith. And I, I recognize that language is fluid and um, dictionaries, dictionaries aren't arbiters of what words mean. Words mean different things to different groups. So in the organization of the church, they use the word faith and it has these, these other meanings to it. And it has, it carries this, this extra meaning of it, of faith being a knowledge of things. But I don't think that's an accurate way to depict what faith really is. And I would like to redefine it a little bit closer to what a dictionary definition of faith might be. Now I recognize, again, I'm going to say it briefly, I recognize that languages are fluid and definitions of words change, but I want to illustrate the difference between faith and knowledge with a, a dictionary definition of the word faith. Faith is a strong belief in God or in doctrines of a religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. So let's go back to the, the hymn and we'll examine some of their examples of faith with that understanding. So it says, faith is knowing the sun will rise, lighting each new day. The way they're conflating faith and knowledge here, I don't think is very helpful for a believer 
in a way that I don't think is very helpful. The, ne- the next one, faith is knowing the Lord will hear my prayers each time I pray. Again, the problem with this is they're using the word faith to describe an absolute knowledge of a thing. But as I discussed in the episode that I cited, the demarcation problem of truth claims, the existence of God is something that we can't prove or disprove. So it isn't knowledge. But the sun rising every morning and setting every night is something that we can prove and disprove. So we have a knowledge of the orbit of the earth around the sun, but we don't have a knowledge that the Lord hears prayers when people offer them to he or she or they. And so the rest of this, the rest of this children's hymn goes through and it uses the word faith to describe knowledge. But all of the things that it's describing as having a knowledge of are things that you would have to have faith in because they're things that you can't prove or disprove. The other two examples in the hymn is that we lived with God before we were born and that we'll return to him when we die. Again, neither of these claims can be proven or disproven. So it is not knowledge. It is faith. Going back to this listener's question, I want to discuss some of the things that she brought up. Now, I want to be clear as I'm discussing this, I am trying to to look at it from the lens of a believer when I myself am not a believer. When I hear a claim that can neither be proven nor disproven, I don't really care to give it any credence in my mind. Not that I think these ideas don't have value to to other people, but for me, if it can't be proven or disproven, it falls in the category of myth. And I think there is value to myth stories. Anyway, um, what I'm trying to say is that I'm going to, to examine this through the lens of a believer and through some of the ways that I looked at it during my deconstruction process when I still believed in God. And I don't want to present this in a way to say that everyone has to follow the same deconstruction path and land with atheism or agnosticism. I'm just trying to express that there are different ways to deconstruct religion, and there are different ways to find healthy spirituality. You can be a spiritual person without believing in a deity, and you can be a spiritual person while believing in one. This woman's question was, she couldn't wrap her head around the idea of choosing to believe. If you recognize that faith is a hope or a belief in things that can't be proven or disproven, that's where there's room for someone to believe and to choose to believe where things can be proven or disproven. I don't think, I don't think a believer has space to choose in that sort of a scenario. This discussion is borrowing heavily on um, previous episodes. So if you haven't listened to the demarcation problem of truth claims, go back and listen to that one because I'm going to explain this concept in more detail. Every belief can be categorized as something that we can prove or something that we can't prove. And anything that we can prove, we can test it, we can study it, we can determine if it's true or false. For example, 
the church history that we're all taught as kids in the church. That's something that we can examine. We can look at it through a critical lens to understand if the stories that we were taught were true or false. To this woman's question, let's say, let's say she's thinking specifically about a belief in some of the early church history stories. That isn't what she said, but I'm just using this as an example so we can discuss it. Let's say a person had a deep spiritual connection to some of the stories of early church history, but they later find out that those things did not happen the way that they thought. You cannot believe in something that's demonstrably false. That's willful ignorance. I guess I shouldn't say cannot. <laughs> that's where ideas such as cognitive dissonance come into play, where you hold in your head and believe ideas that are contradictory to one another. When I say choose to believe, or though, when I'm describing people of faith that are choosing to continue in their faith, it's not choosing to believe in something that's demonstrably false. It's choosing to hold a hope that God does exist and that there is an afterlife. And in that afterlife, we'll be with our families. Now, those are things that people can hope for and have faith in, but it's not something that we can prove or disprove. I'm going to go back to the, the question again, and, and we'll discuss the uh, second point that she was making. She said, I'm a lifelong TBM, now slightly more nuanced, and the admonition to choose to believe brings such angst, as I've encountered some things I just can't believe anymore. The simplest example I can give is Santa Claus. Once you gain the knowledge that he's not an actual magical figure flying around the world with toys, you can choose to enjoy the myth, decorate with his face, give gifts to your kids in, in his name, but you can never actually believe in him again. Now for this, I'm going to switch slightly from a believing perspective to more what my ideas on this are. and. The holiday season just ended, and it's one of my favorite times of year. Even as a non-believing, <laughs> I jokingly call myself a heathen around the house. So you'll get this heathen's perspective on that sort of an idea. I will never believe in Santa Claus again. Not in a literal figure that flies around the world. But in the myth, in this idea that a person can bring joy and gifts and treasured memories to their family and their friends. I can take from these stories, value, and incorporate them into my life. I can celebrate them, just as, she, as this woman described in her comment, I can celebrate them and find enjoyment from them without actually believing in them. In the way that we can prove that Santa Claus isn't the one, that comes down my chimney and gives my children presents for Christmas. We cannot do that for God. We cannot do that for many of the truth claims. So I'll go back to this example of knowledge versus faith. We don't have faith that one plus one equals two. We know that when you add one thing to another thing, you have two things. It's simple. It's knowledge. A believer does not know that God exists. 
a believer has faith that God exists. So someone that doubts, someone who has studied the scriptures, knows the messy history of the church, knows the messy history of the compilation of the Old and the New Testament, and recognizes that there's not univocality in any of the scriptures, and even in the church today, you can recognize all of that and recognize that it's just people trying to interface with deity. You can come to the table knowing all of the problems and choose to believe. It's not something I'm inclined to do personally, but I do know people that have gone that route. And that's their choice to make. The caution that I would give is to try to root these beliefs with as much knowledge as we can. And anything that we can't prove or disprove, to hold with a healthy amount of skepticism. <laughs> and this, <laughs> this goes to the problem of evangelism. If we recognize that these are ideas that we can't prove or disprove, then we can't go around the world telling people that they have to join one church or another because no one belief system has any more proof or less proof than another belief system. What you could study, I guess, is the effects of the belief system on the culture and on the people. You could examine a religion from that lens. I think that would actually be really interesting. But as far as truth claims about the afterlife, about the nature of God, those are things that we cannot prove or disprove. And so we can't go around telling other people that this way is better than that way because there's no proof of that. I have a wide spectrum of listeners. I have listeners that are nuanced believers. I have listeners that are um, that have left the church. I have, I have listeners that are in the church but don't believe. There's a lot of different people on the whole spectrum that listen to this podcast. So I don't want to alienate any of them by this discussion. I don't want to make someone feel like they can't choose to believe. I don't want to make someone feel like, like their way of living this life is right or wrong. What I'm cautioning with this is if you can't prove something as true or false, you can't go around to other people telling them that it's the only way to lead your life or the only way that will lead you to happiness. For me in my life, as I learned more, as I studied more, there became less and less space for faith. And I recognized that a lot of these things that I, as a child, thought were, thought was knowledge, shifted over to this faith category where I couldn't prove it or disprove it, but I believed in it. And as I looked at those items on that shrinking list, I recognized that many of the beliefs that I held, many of this, this knowledge as a believer that I had, was contingent upon other beliefs, other things that I couldn't prove or disprove. And for me, the leaps of faith that it took from one to another you have to believe that God exists before you can believe that you're his child or her child. You have to believe that 
God exists and made a plan for you. And this plan is about coming back to live with him or her after this life. And there are things that you cannot, can and can't do in order to return. I mean, each, each new thing I'm adding here is a leap of faith, is something that we cannot prove or disprove that's contingent upon another leap of faith. And very quickly, I realized that all of these concepts required me to have faith and an understanding in a certain way of a thing that I could not prove or disprove. Now, what I'm proposing and what I'm talking about is not orthodox belief in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. In fact, <laughs> it was talking about this very subject that that ultimately led me out of the church. Can belief be a choice? I think for certain things, yes, but for others, no. I think for some people, when they realize all of the mental gymnastics and all of the, the hoops that you have to jump through just to be a part of one faith system or another, they recognize that, that it just doesn't hold up. So for some people, it's not a choice. For some people, they look at it and they realize, nope, it doesn't work. For others, they can see all the messiness and they can look at it and say, yeah, I still choose to believe this. And for still others, I'll add one more category. And I think this is, this is the type of person that would conflate the concept of knowledge and faith. They live in a world where they think that their faith in a thing makes it true. But that's a fallacious way of thinking. Just because you believe a thing does not make it true. I believed as a child and a young man and a young adult that there was a worldwide flood that covered the earth. I believed it. I believed that that story actually happened. But my belief in it did not make it true. And we could go through every story and every truth claim about this. I believed that the Tower of Babel was a thing and that God confounded the languages and that's how we have different languages on the planet. I believed that that was true. But my belief in it did not make it true. I think two examples are good. I, uh, I could keep going. So those that, that believe because they conflate faith with knowledge, that's a whole different type of belief. The two categories that I'm speaking of specifically today are those that know the uncomfortable history and the truth about truth claims of the church and either choose to leave it behind or choose to stay. A person could go through and do a cafeteria version of Mormonism and pick and choose the beliefs and the practices that most resonate with them and do the least harm to the world around them. I had to add that uh, stipulation there because there are some harmful beliefs in the church still that hopefully will not be part of the church in the future. There's one last thing I want to talk about. I hope that this discussion of belief and faith or uh, faith versus knowledge was helpful. 
this is a delicate subject. I know that it's it's something that my wife and I have discussed in very heated conversations on multiple occasions. Faith and knowledge and belief is a spectrum. The way people try and represent their faith, they try and think of the whole group as having the same ideas and the same knowledge and belief, but that's not the case. Every single member of your congregation, of your ward, is on a different place in this whole spectrum. So for those that, it's, that it is a choice and that they can consciously think about it and they can choose to hope for the, the existence of God, that's fine. That's their choice. But for those that look at these same things and decide that it's not worth it to believe in something that can't be proven or disproven, that is also fine. Thank you so much for listening today. I appreciate the likes and follows that I've received on the various podcasting platforms. The reviews and the comments are excellent. Thank you so much for those that have reached out to me. If there's any other subjects like this one where I had a listener reach out of something that you want to that you want me to discuss or that you want to know what I think of, send me a message. You can find me on Facebook at Rami Umptum Ruminations. You can drop me a comment on the website or on the YouTube channel, wherever you're, wherever you're listening to this. The fastest way to reach me is Facebook, though. I do check that about once a day. I'm going to end this with another shameless self-plug. So if you don't want to listen to that, you can take off now, but you're going to miss out on the, uh, the outro music. <laughs> so this is part of the Mormon Discussions brand, and it's a nonprofit organization, 501c3. This whole thing is supported by listener donations. So if this is something that you're financially able to do, please go to the website, ramiumptumruminations.org, and contribute what you can to the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. And as always, I hope that you have an excellent day.